But let's catch up with one of the, the star trainers for so many years in South Australia and Richard Jolly because there was some angry participants, you could say, after the meeting at Mindari Hellerton, which is a country club in the, um, in the Mallee region of South Australia that was postponed there on Sunday because of uh, a part of the track was deemed unsuitable and unsafe by a group of jockeys. And Richard Jolly joins us on the line here on Giddy Up. Good morning to you, Richard. Thanks for your time. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, so can you just talk us through what happened there on Sunday? Because you had about six or so horses entered in for this meeting. Yeah, that's right. Um, look, uh, yeah, it was very disappointing. The, the meeting didn't go ahead, obviously, for the club and the participants and the people that attended. It was a big crowd there. Um, uh, look, it was noticed there was a, um, a wet patch at the 600 um, where a sprinkler had just basically leaked. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was a patch. I, I sort of did walk the track and, and have a look at it. Um, it was close to the inside rail. Um, it was was fairly soft, um, but it, I just felt, look, from a personal opinion, I felt it was kind of avoidable. Um, and um, the stewards were, were um, obviously making you know, provisions to still try and run the meeting, um, whether they looked at putting some cones out just um, uh, around that spot. You know, it wasn't, it was only probably one and a half, probably horses off the fence um uh, so it wasn't a, and it was only probably a you know, 20 meter kind of um probably in length i would say roughly um so it wasn't a big area and it was close to the rail but um uh look the jockeys weren't happy with with the provisions that the the, the stewards um i believe the stewards were you know keen to still run the meeting but the jockeys mm. withdrew their service so um so it's their prerogative; they can do that. But it was pretty disappointing. I, you know, as I said, as a personal point of view, I thought the meeting could have gone ahead, but um, um, it's like how it how it played out. I think you're a, a participant that can definitely have a strong opinion about this because you're a former jockey yourself. So was it all of the jockeys that said, "Well, this is unsafe"? Or only a few of the jockeys that didn't want to ride at that meeting there on Sunday? Uh, look, it's. As I believe, I think they had a vote, and um, there were certainly some jockeys that did want to ride. Um, I can't, you know, say officially, but I think that they obviously voted, and the majority must have come back not to ride. So that's, um, uh, I'd, I'd gather, that's how it um, played out. So, do you feel for a club like this, Mindari Halliden, that had the fight really for their survival, and their community got together, and then they were able to to save this race meeting, but. Um, this obviously hurts the race club because they would have put in a lot of work and there was a lot of people that turned up on, on Sunday. The meeting's been postponed. Has Racing South Australia gave any indication on, on when this meeting will be postponed to or do you think that they'll miss this year? No, they'll have to miss this year. Look, like, as you said, unfortunately, like a lot of a lot of volunteers, you know, work at these clubs. We're going, you know, I've been going up there for, for close to, um, oh, probably... 30 years um, at this meeting and um, we've only missed a couple through um, EI and things like that um, that they didn't race but um, it's a good club and um, it's a nice little track uh, we um, yeah really feel for for the for the club itself and there would have been probably you know there would have been 2,000 people there there's probably 60 camper vans and, and uh, caravans and so yeah it was really really a shame that it didn't go ahead um, obviously it hurt, really hurts a club of this size um 
they're not going to run. Yeah, definitely not going to run the okay. meeting. Just um, with everything coming up, it's hard to fit it in, and just also to get all the volunteers back to to try and to get it up and going again in in the next months is just too hard. And and obviously with everyone going, you know, on Sunday, you're not going to get the same crowd. So it's probably just not viable for them to to run it. We'll have to wait again till next year. Did Racing South Australia get it right with the way that they went about? telling people that the meeting wasn't on. Oh, I was watching and, and reading a little bit on social media and, and racing.com as well, is that it sounds like if the jockeys made the decision, the stewards thought it was okay, that they had no other choice but to call it off when they did because the jockeys wouldn't have arrived there till, what, an hour or two before the race meeting. Oh, I, I believe most of the jockeys were all there. Um, yeah. But it was probably a bit disappointing seeing some of them getting changed back into their clothes before they'd even made the decision. So okay. you sort of had the feeling what had the feeling what was going to happen um, before it did. Yeah, can this be avoided? Uh, can like, does someone need to go and check this track forty-eight hours before uh, this one-off meeting, Richard? How do you think they can go about something like this not happening happening again? Um, look, I, I believe that it was checked uh, on Friday. Um, it was given the okay, and and just where it is being um, the dry kind of region, region they put um, uh, they put the sprinklers on again Saturday, and um, obviously that's when um, probably from then on um, they've just had that bit of leakage. Um, so so I was inspected 48 hours before and, and given the thumbs up, and um, just um, yeah, that rewatering of it um, has caused a problem. Mate, I love the Mallee, and um, these these race clubs are important to not only racing, but I think to the local community. I'm a Mallee boy. I went up to Pooncarry. Ross Lane used to get me up there. I think I called my first meeting up there, and someone dacked me when I was calling, um, and I couldn't even see, see see the horses. But that's what, like, that's how I got into racing. Um, and these racing, <laughs> these race meetings are so important. Um, and yeah, I, they, yeah, they certainly are. Yeah, yeah. we I grew up at the you know we're going to picnic meetings and. Um, you know, we we sort of really enjoy going to these meetings and and yeah, the lifeblood of the sport really. How's see you in heaven, mate? Yeah, she's good. Um, certainly, we're happy with her run. Um, she she was hit a bit of a flat spot like after they straightened, but then was strong really to the line. With you know, thought she looked like she was going to run fifth or sixth or seventh, and then she's rallied and her last kind of fifty yards was pretty good. Um, she's ended up running fourth and. Just probably look like she wants a mile now. So yeah. at this stage, we're still tossing up which way to go, but we're seriously thinking about them running her in the Turak where she'll get a nice light weight. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's on the agenda in a, in a month's time. She's a, a remarkable horse because watching her first up in the behemoth, she, she returned like a new market sprinter. And then she, I thought she was so brave there at her next start in the Leo McDonald. And then you're right. I thought like she is looking for 1600 meters and she showed from the get go, basically as a two year old, when she won down the straight, that she's very adaptable, didn't she? So did she surprise you that she's looking for 1600 so early on in, in, in her campaign? Yeah, look, she probably just, yeah, I thought she'd, she'd just quicken that bit more Saturday, but um, you know, she's had the three runs and she's had three kind of tough runs. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I suppose as they get older, they can just lose that that bit of dash. But she certainly was was good fresh. Um, and yeah, you know the way she ran Saturday. Um, yeah, I definitely think. And even Craig got off and said, you know, Miles going to suit her next start. So 
um, yeah, so that's sort of the way we're going to we'll head with her, and 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 she'll sort of aim aim as the Empire Rose on Derby Day, so like the Group One for me is beautiful, mate. You got to love this game. Off to Flemington on a Saturday, and then off to Mindari Halliden for their one-off race meeting. Unfortunately, it gets cancelled, but that's what this game's. Uh, this is why we all love uh, love this game because it can can take it can take you to the different parts of the world. Um, and different race days, but hopefully next year, Mindari and Halliden's race day will be bigger and better um, than ever before. We appreciate your time and thanks for clearing it all up for us, Richard. And um, yeah, good luck, especially with the mayor and the, in the Turak coming up in a couple of weeks' time. No, no worries. Thanks for having me on. Bloody legend, Richard Jolie. Let's take a break. It's 15 minutes past eight. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour, of course, brought to you by... Bet365, and don't forget, sport fans, you have the chance to win an incredible Arizona holiday to the value of up to $10,000. Visit iCanWin.com.au and tell us in 25 words or less why you want to visit Arizona. Best text message today as well will win 18 holes of golf and a cart at the Mandalay Golf Course, which is 45 minutes outside of Melbourne. Just telling that story, I went to Poon Kerry. First ever job, I got to call a race meeting. Um, so Ross Lanyon and the team, of course, Ross is a major supporter of country racing. He's on the board of Racing Victoria. He's been a stalwart for country racing in Victoria for so many years. And I was calling the race, um, it was the second or third race, I think it was. And I was so nervous, but all of the, the, the football clubs turn up to Poon Kerry for their like end of season trip. And Poon Kerry is about an hour and a half north of Mildura, in New South Wales, past Wentworth. Anyway, I'm calling the race and I'm nervous then. You got your hold, you got to hold your binoculars. And I'm standing up on a, a milk crate, a couple of milk crates, so I can take my um, vantage point. And I remember the, the, the heat haze across the back of the track. And it, and it was difficult for me to pick up the horses. And I'm mumbling my way through the first 200 metre mark. And then a couple of cobs decided this would be a, a laugh. As I'm calling, I'm calling the second race or something, my second, it was my first ever race meeting I called. It was a non-tab and they've dacked me everything, <laughs> everything. So I'm calling at the, at the 300 meter mark and then they dacked me. And then obviously I lose my way a little bit, had to pull my pants back up literally. So there you go. I love that part of the world in, in the Mallee. Um, yeah, and I wish the Mindari Halliden Race Club the best of luck and hopefully they have a meeting next year. 16 minutes past eight, we'll take a break. Coming up next, this is a good story. We'll head to the to WA to talk to the Bairstow family and Dylan Bairstow will be my special guest. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear. Welcome back to Giddy Up here with Gareth Hall on this Tuesday morning. It's 8.22 in the east, 6.22 in the west, and we're heading to Western Australia right now. My time covering racing. The best part about my job is meeting so many wonderful people, great racing people. Um, they're the people that you'd love to go to war with. And one of my all-time favourites are the Bairstow family. Toby Bairstow is a superstar. He, he's a jet for South Fremantle, um, loves his racing. Um, Dylan Bairstow, he, he used to call the races, if you can recall, at Alice Springs, and he used to call them with so much passion. Now he's back in WA, of course. And Mark Bairstow, one of the great characters. He was a little bit um, before my time, but I remember him playing football for Geelong. But then I've got, I got to know Mark Bairstow, of course, when I was working in WA. And Jeezy was a – he's a great horse trainer. And when they decided to launch one, 
they rarely missed and their celebrations were legendary. And uh, unfortunately, and it broke my heart recently to hear that Mark Bairstow had been struggling health-wise, um, but he's on the men, which is great to hear. But Dylan has had to take over the um, head job as the head trainer for Bairstow Racing, and he's gone from race calling now to a trainer. And he joins us now on the line. Dylan, welcome to Giddy Up. Thanks for your time, mate. Morning, Gareth. How are you been? I am well, mate. It's great to hear your voice, the the famous Dylan Bairstow um, voice <laughs> that we used to hear on so many occasions there in, in Alice Springs, mate. But you're training horses now. Tell us a little bit about this story. Oh, well, um, I'm still doing a bit of both. I'm still uh, calling in the bush back in WA, but... Yep. Uh, uh, decided to move home, and then the old boy it was probably pretty timely. He uh, had a few medical problems and uh, was hospitalised for about six weeks. So, uh, yeah, took over, took out my trainer's licence, and uh, yeah, we started off with a nice, nice little winner, Gareth, which was good. So that was at York, and um, that was money for old rope, and you were able to get the job done there. And it was well backed. It started favourite, of course, and led all of the way. So I, I know you Bearstows. When you start off a new journey like this, you would want to you would you wanted to hit the ground running, and you've been able to do just that. Yeah, yeah. Now, my brother Toby, <coughs> who you know pretty well, is he the racing manager, Tobes? Well, he's self self appointed self appointed anyway. Yeah. But he knows he, he does a good job. But we uh, when we got our license, we thought well, we'll target this meeting because it's normally you know a bit weaker and uh, it's a nice new track. There's a track over here at a bit moment, a bit tired as you expect at the end of um, at the end of winter. But yeah, no. So we thought he'd be pretty hard to beat, he's, and he'd suit York style. That one, he rolls forward and. Uh, Give a good kick, so that got off to a good start. Yeah, so it was all it all worked out really well. I should have retired then. Yeah, and then tell me this: I was looking at the fluctuations there, <laughs> and there was a horse eighteen dollars into three dollars, and I said, "Hang on a sec," because I've seen many of these best plunges come off, and would you believe scratched at the barriers? What we <laughs> now you've now everybody knows, Dylan. Yeah, we showed our hand, Gareth. You did, but. Um, but yeah, no, we would have got enough for Christmas 2025, I reckon. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that would have lifted yeah, the no, old man's spirits. Yeah, yeah, no, we were pretty confident he was going to go there and get the job done. He's, he was a nice, he's a nice tried horse uh, off Matty Elton. He come over in terrific order. Um, What's the horse's name? Heskett. He's a son of Fast Set Rock. He's won a couple at um, he won one at Mooney Valley, I think. Um, yep. Former contract racing horse, so. No, we thought he'd be very hard to beat, and then he um, he has been scratched once in Melbourne doing so, but um, okay. he trialled twice here and didn't didn't do anything wrong, and then he um, decided game day just not to play ball for us now. So where do we see him next? Well, we've got to go back to the trials for a long okay. process now, but um, but I don't think we'll get the – he won't probably open up at $18, that's for sure. No. Now, you're training at Lark Hill or Port Kennedy. Um, yeah. So I know a few trainers there. You've got one of my all-time favourite um, trainers, yeah. and he does a lot of work with my um, in-laws, is um, SJ Miller, who's one of the great trainers of all time. Um, and they are crafty, these trainers at Lark Hill. Chris Willis is another one. Um, yeah. What have you learned from those rascals? Well, I Dad's got a little tower here that we yeah. can watch uh, a lot of work at the back here. So yeah. I do keep 
a little keen eye on what SJ's doing. He's been around a long time. You don't survive in this game no. for as long as he has if you don't know what you're doing. So, no, I'm definitely definitely taking some side notes, Gareth, that's for sure. Do you get more nervous calling an Alice Springs Cup or having your first runner as a trainer? Uh, no, probably probably uh, having me first runner. Uh, yep. The, the commentating sort of comes off quite easy because you're – well, you don't have time to think, really. You're just no. going to get on with it. So, um, but, no, it's, uh, I enjoy both facets and um, hopefully can continue to do so, yeah. So have you ever thought about, or it'll probably happen one day, when you're calling the horse that you're training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'll be – it's a touch tricky. I don't know how Brian Martin did it in no. the Fox Bay, that's for sure. But um, – but hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll happen, Gareth. Hopefully it'll be winning. That'd Especially be nice. if Stevie Parnham falls asleep, which he usually doesn't, but he does one day, and you're calling and said, "Wake up, Stevie, get going." <laughs> no, you're going to be very politically correct, Gareth, these days. Well, I don't uh, think so. We're, we're not politically correct, and we probably get in a little bit of trouble <laughs> here on Giddy Up. Um, let's have a chat about your old man because he's been through a, a tough period. Um, talk us through what happened to him and how is he today, mate? Yeah, no, so he's home now, um, but he's very steady, which is is terrific. But um, no, he he sort of got a bad infection on the lungs and that coincided with his bad heart already. Um, So, yeah, he ended up getting pneumonia and, um, yeah, he looked looked in a bit of trouble there for a while. He was on life support for 12 days or something like that. So, no, he's a stubborn old bugger, so he's he's dug in for us, which was good, and he's uh, he's kicked back to that. That'll give him a. I'm sure he would have been very pleased on the on the weekend mm. to watch that horse win. Yeah, I remember when a few people told me that he was on life support. I couldn't believe it, mate. Um, I sent a message to your brother, sending my love, and uh, and I know it's been kept pretty quiet, but um, Jason must have been tough for the family. And what a resilient, um, mighty man he is, Mark Bearstow, to be able to get through that. It must have been really scary for the family. Yeah, it was, Gareth. We, we, uh, it come quick. Like, he was always not well for a while, but and and probably self-inflicted. He didn't want to go to the doctor and thought he was going to fight it off himself. And then coincidentally, it just got worse and worse. And then uh, he eventually agreed to go to the hospital. And then by that night, he was on life support, which was um, just shows actually how tough he is, really. Um, but... Yeah, it was probably, you know, being tough and stubborn was, you know, probably going to bring to his downfall. But uh, he's on a long road back, but he's, but he's back and he's, um, his mind's very still clear, Gareth. I'm still yep. getting a lot of instructions, <laughs> which is ideal. Um, but, uh, but no, he'll he'll be right. He's just got a slow battle, but he'll yep. win the battle, that's for sure. And it sounds like it's a miracle, mate, that he's with us. Yeah, yeah, he reckons he reckons he got to the gates, but they. Uh, <laughs> They didn't let him in, which, no. was, which was good for us, anyway. And seeing what you're doing and Toby, Toby's doing at the moment, I reckon this will inspire him to get better as well. Give him a yeah, little bit yeah, of extra reckons, motivation. Yeah, he reckons he feels like John Hawks at the moment, but no, no, uh, no name in the book. He reckons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Team Hawks. Well, um, it is going to be a long recovery, as you said, but. If anyone's going to, going to be able to do it, it's your old man. And I reckon if you keep um, backing horses 15 into threes, he's going to get his old ticker going once again. Um, and um, 
hopefully we get to see him back at the races, mate. And, and it's great to see you doing what you love as well. Um, I've known you for a long time, but um, your passion, I reckon you're a terrific broadcaster. I love your, your passion. And now you're training horses. You're living my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, I was very um, conscious that I still wanted to, you know, the stewards would say I still wanted to be a commentator as well because it's one of me, you know, it's a great passion and it's a love of the, I love doing it. So I still wanted to be able to do that as well, even if that was in the bush, you know. So, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's all ticking over okay at the moment, which is good. And uh, hopefully we get us a few more winners around the corner. Dean McCauley, oh, he's, he's surely nearly ready to get the pension, my old cob. So um, Dean McCauley, um, D Bears Day replacing him shortly. Don't worry about that. Um, as we head to Ascot on a Saturday afternoon for a railway. He would love that, I reckon, passing the baton on to you. Hey, um, th- oh, thanks for your time, mate. Good luck. When's the next horse in? Uh, no, no, no. We'll just we'll just poke around the edges, Gareth. We'll just we'll just try and set another one up. So we'll just we'll just wait and see. Not and, long. And Toby, any chance, mate? I know he's listening. Usually used to like he he texts me from time to time to ask me what's going on. And any chance you can um, not leave me out like you did on Sunday? It sounds like. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I did tell him. I did tell him. I said, make sure you let go. <laughs> that was up to him, see? Yeah, he's given me exclusive before, so I, I don't. he doesn't owe me anything. I appreciate your time, mate. Hey, send your love to the old man. I know there's a lot of people listening to the show. Liam Pickering works in this building. He loves your old man as well to get an update um, and knowing that he's okay and he's, he's – um, He's on the road to recovery, which makes everybody happy. And, um, yep, go and get there, mate. Looking forward to seeing you train plenty of winners and call plenty of winners too over the journey. We appreciate your time and giddy up. Cheers, Gareth. Thanks for having me on, mate. He's a bloody star, Dylan Bairstow. So Mark Bairstow, the champion, Geelong footballer. Um, very good trainer. He's had success as a trainer in the West. And you just heard the story. He was on life support. It's a miracle that he's with us. But thank God he is with us. So we, we wish him a speedy recovery. Let's take the news. It's 8.34. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Country Racing Hour here on Giddy Up and can't wait for the Kosciuszko. It's not far away now on the 14th of October. It'll come around pretty quickly. We've got the, the slot holders that have been announced and basically the field has been assembled. Opal Ridge is the favourite at 350, far too easy at 450. And on the third line of betting is the Pride of Goulburn in Mogo Magic. He's the equal third favourite with the Riverina superstar front page. And uh, Mogo Magic's trainer Scott Collins joins us on the line. Scott, good morning to you. Are you enjoying this? Are you enjoying this build-up to the Kosciuszko with your star Galloper? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, it's been, been the build-up to it's been fantastic. And how is he? Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, he's all good. He's um he's all on track. Um, yeah, we, um we just can't wait for the race to to come. So he's had a preparation that you've been able to concentrate to make sure that he'll be peaking, of course, for the Kosciuszko on October 14. Do you give him another run before the Kosciuszko or do you want to go into this contest nice and fresh and ready to go? 
Um, he, he's nominated for this Saturday at Rose Hill in a benchmark 78 1100. Um, so we'll just sort of, depending on barrier draws and that sort of stuff, um, we'll work out once that all happens to whether we go or whether we just have another trial and then go into the Cozzy first up. And how is he, mate? As you mentioned, that he's had a wonderful preparation, but watching him at his last start, geez, he's tough and strong and he makes his own luck. Um, he does. He, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he's very, he's very tough and he, and he's very strong and, um, you know, he, he puts himself up on the speed and make, 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 makes his own luck. And what about the trip of the Cosi Osco, the 1,200 metres? Will that suit him? I don't think the 1,200 is going to worry him. You know, there's a, there's a few doubters out there because he hasn't gone 1,200. Um, but the way he's raced over his two runs this prep over the 1,100, um, you know, and, and, and Nick Haywood and I are both adamant that, are, that the 1,200 is not going to be an issue. Can you believe the build-up to this Cosi Osco and how big it's become? Um, yeah, I, I can't really believe, you know, sort of how big it's become, you know, because obviously this is our really, our first time with a really good live chance, um, you know, and the atmosphere leading into it and all the rest of it's been fantastic. Yeah. And they tell me there's some story regarding the slot holders as well. A part owner of Mogo Magic bought $15,000 worth of tickets. And would you believe it? And there's more people, by the way, that purchase more tickets or syndicates anyway, but you're, you're part owner of Mogo Magic. got two slots in the Kosciuszko. So, geez, he's in a good spot because the horse that he was able to get as well for his other slot was, of course, the favourite in Opal Ridge. Yeah, yeah, Maddie, Maddie was very lucky, you know. Obviously, he spent the 15000 which is, you know, it's quite a lot of money, but it's not a lot to, compared to what some people have spent. And, you know, he, he was lucky enough to get the two, the two slots and, you know, obviously he locked his own horse in first and then was lucky enough to, to be able to grab Opal Ridge straight away, the favourite. So tell us a little bit about Maddie and um, where he comes from and how he got into Mogo Magic. Um, Maddie's a, Maddie's a Goulburn man. He owns his own business. He's got a roofing business. Um, he does all the roofing around Goulburn and sort of Mossvale. He travels about a bit. Um, but he's, he's got a fantastic, um, business and, and one of his better mates, um, was already in racing a few horses with, with, with our stable and, um, and he, he got him into Mogo Magic. This is Matt Cowling we're talking about. So this is the, the lucky slot holder that's got two slots in the Kosciuszko and he's a part owner of Mogo Magic. So how did he go about the negotiations? Because we had Luke Pepper on last week and he said, geez, I, he was the first person to call me and everything I wanted, he said, no problem. So we did the deal um, straight away. And then he didn't realize until he read in the paper that he was talking to Matt Cowling, who's already got another slot and he part owns Mogo Magic. So he's a terrific wheeler and dealer, but how did he go about with, um, the rest of the owners in, in Mogo Magic trying to organise a deal. Did he give? Did he give you mates rates? Um, I, I, to, to be honest, I couldn't tell you exactly sort of what happened, um, but but I do know it was all pretty fair and it, and it was pretty well done with a, with a phone call straight away. Oh, sensational, mate! And we know your story as well. I, I read in the paper that um, you you fought and battled cancer and beat cancer as a, a, a young. Uh, in the, in your younger years, but unfortunately the cancer's come back. How are you traveling at the moment, mate? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling really well at the moment. Um, I haven't started any treatment as yet. Um, that's all getting in place, but you know, that they give me a great chance. So, um, yeah, I'm in for the fight. 
Yeah, and um, we're thinking of you, and I guess a horse like a, a Mogo Magic just inspires you a little bit more, mate. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, I, I, we're thinking of you, mate, um, and I think everyone in the racing industry are thinking of you. You're, you're a great character. You do um, uh, a terrific trainer, great ambassador for the game, and, um, yeah, we're with you all the way, mate. You go and, you go and get them in the Kosciuszko, and then you destroy this thing once again, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank Good you. On you. It's great to catch up with uh, the superstar Goulburn trainer that's got Mogo Magic in Scott Collins. He's a um, he's in another fight, um, but yeah, he's a he's a terrific trainer. He's a fighter, and you can hear the determination in his voice as well. So um, yeah, we wish him the best of luck. It would be some story if he's able to win the Kosciuszko with his pride and joy, Mogo Magic. And Nick Haywood, who gets the opportunity to compete in a race like this, worth $2 million, the, the superstar bush jockey from New South Wales. We'll take a quick break. It's 8.48. This is a Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Michael Stanley, the star harness racing trainer, will join us because he's got his superstar pace, a rock and roll do back firing after taking out the Maryborough Cup. Rock and roll do, Curly James, a terrific tussle in the Maryborough Cup. Rock and roll do, still in front. Curly James getting close, but rock and roll do goes back to back this prep and wins it nicely. Jesus, great to see this to Ballarat pace back to his very best. Michael Stanley's done a wonderful job with him. He didn't come back. After going to New Zealand, it was a trip to forget there for Mickey Stanley, but um, he showed his, his class as a preparer of a standard bread by getting this horse back to his best, and he joins us now. Mick, congratulations, mate. Were you worried that you, were the, that you, would, that you would never get to see him back to what he's been doing in the last couple of, couple of months? Uh, yeah, good morning. Um, no, not really. Um, obviously, uh, you know, horses is can have their uh, off times and as well as their good times, can't they? So, um, yeah, we, we went through a, a lean patch at the start of the year, but um, as soon as he came back into work from um, from his long break, we were always confident that we would get him back to, to where he was. Can you compare him now to what he was doing, say, this time last year when he went on to win a Victoria Cup? Yeah, I think he's, um, I think he's a much better horse. Um, you know, I think that's... You know, what being well said, you know, the time that we went to New Zealand, um, yeah, we didn't get the results on the track as, as far as um, wins and that that we wanted to. But I think um, what Brendan and I wanted to achieve out of the trip in, in growing the horse up, I think um, he's there for everyone to see in his, in his three starts back um, this time in. What I love about him now is that you can drive him like I'm the mighty Quinn or you can drive him like smoking up. Yeah, I think that's the best best asset to him. He he is so versatile, and um, you know, probably yeah. Obviously, it's taken a long time to um, you know furnace him into that racehorse, but uh, we've always known that he's had that speed there, and um, obviously, you know, he, he's he's quite strong. So, like you said, um, we can sort of we can sort of dictate the race um, as we please because he has has a few weapons. And in that first up effort. Like, he, he did sprint quickly, and he's such a big horse, but he got around those bends remarkably well. So, in a Victoria Cup, would you like to, if he does draw, say, that you have to go back and look for a sit, do you think he could be more dominant driving him like that now that he seems to he seems to be like a big rat, like a Dean Cox? He's finally grown into himself, and he can take six bounces down that outer wing and kick a goal from 60. Yeah, I think um, I think it'd be great to get the opportunity to drive him like that in a big race because um, 
you know, A, um, he's not going to be getting taxed every time he, he goes out there doing the work. Um, but B, yeah, I think, it, I think it will show everyone just how lethal he, you know, he actually is. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is something that I'm looking forward to. So what's his, what's the plan now heading towards the Victoria Cup? Does he have another run like in a smoking up or does he go straight into the Vic Cup? Um, no, we'll go to the Kilmore Cup. Kilmore um, we'll Cup, sorry. Same, yeah, we'll, we'll stick to the same program that we did uh, last year. So um, that worked for us. So, yeah, that's, that's the plan, Kilmore Cup, um, you know, two weeks time. And then I know you don't want to look too far ahead. Is the Inter-Dominion on the agenda or would you prefer to stay um, around this part of the world and concentrate on the Hunter Cup? And then I think the race that will suit him down to the ground in a way will be the Miracle Mile because he – on that big spacious track, he showed his class there on a few occasions now. Yeah, definitely. The, the Inter-Dominion, um, we, we are really keen for. We'll, we will head to, to that. So the nomination has already been uh, put in for that. So, um, yeah, we're really keen for that. We've got plenty of time. As we said, we, he had a three-month spell, um, you know, there through the start of this year. So, um, and I think I said, said even yesterday in the Miraburra Cup, he was the third least experienced horse in the race. So, you know, he hasn't done a lot of racing. So, um, you know, I think it's time to uh, step him out and, and head to Queensland. And um, like you said, uh, whether whether we weigh up our options and, and come back for a Hunter Cup campaign after that or just stay for the Miracle Mile, um, I'm sort of with you. I think the Miracle Mile is, is a race that's really going to suit him. Um, and, you know, we missed... We missed out this year, so um, and it's you know prize money wise a lot more lucrative than than um, chasing the the Hunter Cup. So you know we we may still go on the Hunter Cup, but you know the the thing is we just see how it comes through everything, and as we know you you sort of can't um, chase them all either. So um, we'll just see how he how he is at the, at the end of the year. I've got a minute before the news, but I know the James family and yourself. You like to dream big. Geez, it'd be hard to beat at the Meadowlands or Yonkers. Would you ever dream about doing something like that after seeing what, say, an Elder Baron Seuss and Just Believe have done recently? Hundred percent. Well, I I dream big at a bit after about his seventh start when I yeah. told some somebody you may know it was the best horse I've ever ever had. So um, yeah, it was yeah, me. Dream. Yeah, go and get him in America. Josh Jenkins might jump back on your bandwagon if you do that. Well, something needs to get him back on. <laughs> Good on you, brother. Thanks, Mick. Good yeah, luck. Mate, There's Michael Stanley there. What a training performance with Rock and Roll Do. I think he's now. I think he's the best horse in the country. Like you can have Leap to Fame, and Leap to Fame's been so brave. But I'll take Rock and Roll Do over Leap to Fame right now. Um, yeah, I think he's quite special. That is a bet three six five country racing hour. It's nine o'clock in news time.